0: or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: The Bombing of North Carolina. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town.
2: On January 6th, 1961, 17-year-old Billy Reeves saw a strange light out of his window. I was just getting ready for bed, Reeves said, and all of a sudden I was thinking, what in the world? The 17-year-old ran out to the porch of his family's farmhouse in Goldsboro, North Carolina, just in time to see something he'll never forget. About a quarter mile away, Reeves spotted a flaming B-52 bomber plunge from the sky and plow into a nearby field. Everything around here was on fire, says Reeves. The grass was burning. Big Daddy's road over there was melting. My mother was praying. She thought it was the end of times. Almost to the ground, the B-52 exploded. About an hour later, helicopters swarmed the area with a voice coming from them, screaming for everyone in the vicinity to evacuate. What Reeves and the other townspeople didn't know was that besides the plane, somewhere in the pasture lay what the military referred to as broken arrows, the remains of two 3.8 megaton thermonuclear atomic bombs. So what does that mean? According to National Geographic, each bomb contained more firepower than the combined destructive force of every explosion caused by humans from the beginning of time to the end of World War II. So where did these bombs come from? Well, not far and hidden behind woods and wetlands was the Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, a quiet base that had slowly become one of the few U.S. airfields selected for Operation Chrome Dome, a Cold War doomsday program. The program circulated B-52 bombers in the air throughout the Northern Hemisphere 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Each plane carried two atomic bombs. B-52s had to be refueled multiple times during each mission, and the one that crashed had a leak and was running out of fuel. The plane was hastily trying to make an emergency landing when it started to crash. Of the eight airmen aboard, six sat in ejection seats. Adam Maddox, the third pilot, was not sitting in an ejection seat. Maddox was a rarity, a 27-year-old African-American jet fighter pilot assigned to the elite Operation Chrome Dome. His chances of survival were slim without an ejection seat, but he hurled himself out as the plane was going down, pulling his parachute at the exact right moment. Maddox saw the plane explode in midair as he floated towards the ground and landed, unhurt, away from the main crash site. After profusely thanking God, Maddox approached some guards of a nearby farmhouse to try and hitch a ride back to the Air Force Base. The rural guards did exactly what you might expect them to do to a black man in 1961, arrested Maddox for stealing a parachute. To this day, Adam Attucks, who died in 2018, remains the only aviator to bail out of a B-52 cockpit without an ejector seat and survive. All but one of the B-52 soldiers survived the crash. Let's take a break.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Two other important passengers of the plane survived,
2: both bombs. One floated down in a parachute, the other plowed into the earth at nearly the speed of sound. Both were recovered, and the military assured the public that they were very far from detonation. But that's not true. The bomb that plowed into the cotton field's detonating mechanism was destroyed, leaving the bomb pretty useless. But the one that drifted gently down to earth was much more hazardous, since the detonating mechanism remained intact. In 1983, Robert McNamara, who'd been Secretary of Defense at the time of the incident, told reporters, quote, the bomb's arming mechanism had six or seven steps to go through to detonate, and it went through all but one. So narrowly, neither bombs went off. A huge win. But of course, that leaves a lot of elements scattered and buried in the ground. Radioactive elements that haven't fully been recovered. The bombs in the B-52 weren't just Hiroshima-class atomic weapons. They were Mark 39 hydrogen thermonuclear bombs. Each contained not just an atom bomb at its tip, but also a 13-pound rod of plutonium inside a 300-pound compartment filled with the hydrogen isotopes lithium-6 deuteride, likely activated by the crash. The government tried to collect and excavate the plutonium, but eventually, they gave up. They filled the hole, drew a 400-foot radius circle around the epicenter of the impact, and purchased the land inside the circle. To this day, the area is still used for farming, with a caveat that workers can't dig more than 5 feet under the soil, for health reasons.
1: This is interesting. Such, a, it's such an interesting, interesting event yeah. because it you know checks off a lot of boxes for me. Mm-hmm. Starting in the 1960s, United States, huge error. Yeah, horrific. In many, many ways, still evidence of it there. As yeah. far as I know, there's still some kind of evidence. There's
2: stuff of- down there. There's, there's stuff, it's, yeah. it's ra- it, is, it is radioactive.
1: <laughs> and it reminds me of a previous episode. We did the Battle of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm when Los Angeles went to war with itself. Absolutely. So if you want a nice pairing Ooh. of the United States just fighting itself, not including the Civil War, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that episode coming up next. <laughs>